Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation, your host. And it is, I believe, the end of July 2016. Let's do the websites. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner, FamilyPetAncestry.com just sends you to JackieCation.com because I found it funny. I am part of a podcast empire network called AllThingsComedy.com. And that's a great place to find other content if you're looking for other things to put into your ear holes, as the kids say. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the song that you just heard with his wife, Sarah Cohen, and he will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. So thank you, Mike Rickberg. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and I thank Patrick Brady for that. And then Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com, which I thank him for that. Speaking of that website, JackieCation.com, that's where you can get merch. If you ever want a Dork Forest t-shirt or a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, or any of my stand-up stuff, uh, CDs, DVD, just watch videos. That's all at JackieCation.com. The T-shirts are all American-made here in the United States of America, and so they run big because of that. And they include shipping, and they run small through double X, and there's a Spooky Reading Girl T-shirt, which is part of the the stand-up part of it, there you get free stickers, this type of thing. The Amazon banner is there, where if you ever order from Amazon, if you use JackieCation.com, the Amazon banner, which is a white banner on the right side, as a portal into Amazon, and then order, the Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback, and I totally appreciate that as a way to support the show. Other ways you can support the show, you can just donate if you have uh, extra money. It is, uh, I recommend... But do not insist, obviously, because I'll take whatever you got. Ten bucks a month is a hundred dollars a year, and that makes you a super fan, which does very little except for get you a bunch of stickers and a note from me in the mails. But I appreciate any donations you can give if you have the money to do it. If you don't, just tell people about the show and thanks for listening, that type of thing. Uh stand-up comedy is also on JackieCation.com, a schedule. And this week, I am going to Montreal for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, doing a live dork for us there, and a couple of shows, opening for Maria, and I believe a couple of other shows. I'm sure I'm missing something, but enough is enough. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room in Van Nuys. It's very glamorous. And uh, in my living room is a, a hilarious comic. I'm a huge fan. Uh, you're sitting right there. That's awkward to say out loud. Joe DeRosa. <laughs> Congratulations for being funny, and, and I'm a fan of yours. Thank you. I'm a fan of yours. It's flattering to be here. There we go. There we go. Welcome to my home. It really is. This is one of the podcasts when I moved to L.A. I thought, you know, I'll feel like I'm part of the community. That's one of the things. Like oh, okay. when I get asked to do that, I'll feel like I live there and I'm part of it. You do live here. And I do. You are part of the community. So. I, I am. Now I am. Now you are. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some sort of welcome mat of uh, of comedy. Jackie Cation Stork for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you are at Joe DeRosa Comedy, D-E-R-O-S-A, Joe DeRosa Comedy, on Twitter. Is that Instagram and Snapchat or whatever yeah, you're looking for? Instagram. I don't even know if I'm on Snapchat. Then no, probably uh, And I think it's Joe DeRosa Comedian on Facebook. Okay. That's my fan page. And is your website, is that where your, is your tour on your website or is, should they just follow you on Twitter to find out it, where, where you're doing stand-up? Yeah, it is. I actually have to get the new dates up there, but I'll be, uh, I'll be in, uh, Dublin. Dublin? Dublin. No D on the end. Dublin. Excellent. Uh, for, uh, their comedy festival late July, and then I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe all oh, of cool. August. So those all are my August. next two stops. So, hey, uh, people in the UK, get out there. Or yeah. UK adjacent, shall we say. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't mean to make anyone mad. Okay. You have, <laughs> you have a podcast uh, yeah. on Fangoria, which is the network, right? Yeah, Fangoria, for those that don't know Fangoria, Fangoria is the, you know, the, the rolling stone of horror magazines. Okay. You know? Uh, it's like the oldest, I guess, running horror magazine. Oh, okay. So it's, I would not know that. That sounds scary. It is scary. Them. It's frightening. And well played, uh, well played. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing magazine. It's, I've been reading it since I was a kid and, and they started a podcast network. Uh, and I was, I, my friend Pat Walsh and I do a podcast. We were part of the launch. So 
You're, we'll see you in hell. It's a we'll movie podcast. We'll see you in hell. Yeah, it's about horror movies. And horror it's sort movies. of a Siskel and Eberty kind of. Old ones? New ones? All ones. All, All ones. Anything you're willing to talk about, horror Yeah, we're, we're expanding the roster now to horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. So season three comes out in July this month. And uh, it'll now cover like... We'll now be able to cover like superhero movies too and stuff. Like it won't just be horror. It'll kind okay. of be anything that kind of falls into the supernatural. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. It's uh, my friend Matt Weinhold. I don't know if you know him, but uh, he has a, a horror show called Monster Party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, horror. I've pop. been on it. It's great. Oh, did you go on Monster Party? Yeah. And they're on Fangoria. And they're on Fangoria. Yeah. Well. What do I know? <laughs> I didn't know that. I just, I just did it. I just did another episode of it. They, they have me on when, cause I don't know anything about, we should talk about horror movies for a little bit. Sure. Just cause I don't know anything about them because they scare me, so I don't watch them. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, I don't, uh, I can read horror comic books, weirdly enough. Right. Which are creepy as it depends on which ones, yeah, I think the more modern ones are pretty creepy. If you read the traditional sort of Tales from the Crypt, they're, yeah, kind of fun and zany. Well, the, like Lock and Key and yeah. Rachel Rising, and uh, and then there's uh, a couple other ones that are pretty dark that I that I've read. But like, and, and I don't read like Scalped or or stuff like that. That are those those just seem torture porn. What's and Scalped? Scalped. It's a I think it's an Indian reservation cop thing. Get it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Anyone? I, all right, right. <laughs> and somebody's scalping people. I think uh, it might be a term. It just might be used as I don't think that I haven't read it. I mean, everyone keeps telling me I need to read that and Preacher and Punisher, and I'm like, I'm good without the. Vi- I mean, I a little bit of vigilante, I'm in. A lot of vigilante, I'm out. Preacher, uh, I think you'd find Preacher. I, I read some of it. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's Preacher's odd enough that it kind of balances out the. And dark it's stuff. kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. And Punisher, it, I wouldn't even consider a horror comic. That's more like a, like a, like a Rambo. Right. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> vigilante. Yeah, it's, yeah. What, so did you watch <clears throat> horror movies when you were a kid? Uh, when I was very young, um, I mean, not very young, but 10 or 11. Okay. My mom showed me, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, wow. That was a bonding experience for my mother and I. And that okay. was sort of my gateway. Horror movie. I just fell in love after that, so I, I was really pretty Nightmare obsessed. On El- Nightmare on Elm Street, is that the hockey mask guy? Oh, my God. Wow. See? The welcome to the Dork Forest, Jackie. where I don't know shit. <laughs> it's a good drinking game for rangers. <laughs> uh, no. Friday the 13th is Jason, the okay. ho- who you refer to as the hockey mask guy. <laughs> uh, Nightmare before Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. On Elm Street. Not before... <laughs> It's no. right before you go to Wyandotte, and then you go to yeah. Oak, and that, then there's Elm. Your miswording of the title r- ruins the series. Nightmare <laughs> Before Elm Street. No, no, it has to happen on Elm Street. That's the whole point. Uh, that's Freddy Krueger, who oh. you would really not like, because he's the burnt man with the razor gloves. blade glove. Yeah. Uh, and are, are they gloves or are they attached? There are a, are the it's a glove or? in most of the movies. There's one where it's just blades that grow out of his fingers. Okay. Um, but in the first one? In all of glove. them except one movie, it's a glove. Okay. Yeah. And it's one glove? Like Michael Jackson one glove? One glove, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's he, in the first movie you see him make it. He oh. crafts it to murder children in the first movie. Oh my and god. Then, and your mom showed you this? Look, yeah. this could happen. I'm not saying. I'm just saying protect yourself. Yeah, and then angry parents. You find out in the first movie that angry parents whose children were murdered in a vigilante uh quest, whatever, burn him. And then oh. he comes back and murders their other children in their dreams as a burnt oh, demon wow. man. Wow, it's very, very anti Pied Piper. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's pretty scary. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, you know, I've seen it so many times now to me. It's like watching Batman or something, but. Right. And I, you know, I dressed up as Freddy for Halloween. That was common when I was a kid. Like everybody dressed up as Freddy. Cause what, what was that in the nineties <clears throat> that it came out or? No, the first one is like 84. Okay. Or 83 or something. It's pretty. Early eighties before 85 probably. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it's you know Wes Craven's. Wes. I'd say his. You know, if you were going to say Wes Craven had a Sergeant Pepper's, I'd say that's probably it. You know, that is a Beatles reference. I'm pretty. That sure. is a Beatles reference. Well played. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's his kind of. I mean, he's made a lot of great stuff, but I feel like that's the one where everybody's like, "Wow." Okay. Like you know. Yeah. So that's amazing. It's so. What's his name again? Not Freddie. 
Jason? No, is it the Fre- hockey mask guy? No, no, Nightmare. He's that's Freddy Fre- That is Freddy. It is yeah. Freddy Krueger. Okay, and it's Krueger with a K. Let me just get yes. that. <laughs> so, Which is a scary name. It's a very hard hard C. That's the, that's the way to go. You want a hard K for jokes and terror. Yeah, and, and in the remake, somebody named Jackie played him. Jackie oh. Earl Haley played him in the remake. Oh wow! But the original Freddy is Robert England, who plays him in every other iteration. And is is the remake any good? I liked it. Uh, the fans, a lot of fans really gave it a hard time. I, do- I liked it. I thought it was just fun to have another scary Nightmare on Elm Street movie again, or one that was at least trying to be scary. They- did they reboot it, essentially, or did they write something else? It was No, it was a remake of, of the first movie, okay. and it was supposed to start the series over again, and they had a new Freddy and new people playing the characters. But... It had become so com- – after Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the series becomes so cartoonish and so comedic. Right. It's not unenjoyable, but Freddie – that's why Freddie – Freddie was like a household name. Yeah. You know, the, like the fat boys did a rap song with Freddie. Okay. You know, it was yeah. like – it was just like he was this – It was saturated. It got – Pop culture phenomenon yeah. thing. So, so everything became funny right. in the movie. So he'd kill somebody and make like a Schwarzenegger-esque one-liner <laughs> and that's all it was. Was there mugging? Was there – yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so kind of. That you know, will like, ruin a horror movie if you're trying to if you if you go to be scared or you go to be. It stopped being about scary and it started being about like how crazy and elaborate and fantastic can we make the dream sequences? Oh, okay, so oh, it'll be CGI-y like CGI kind of. It was pre CGI, but it was like it would just be like this kid draws comic books, so he's gonna. His nightmare is going to be he's in an animated world, like in that aha video. Yeah. And Freddy <laughs> comes in as super Freddy. Oh, crying out. You know, it's stuff yeah. like that. Okay. So. It's pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. But the original one was great. And the original, it was genuinely scary. And it was pretty smart. And One is amazing. It's a masterpiece. Three is great. Okay. Uh, seven, which is the one where Wes Craven came back for the third time, is great. Okay. And then the other ones are fun. They're it's fun. just they're like they're just they're not scary. What makes three so great? I wonder. Wes Craven had left the series and he came back and co-wrote. I think he co-wrote and produced three, so it just got it back to form. And like some of the characters from the first movie came back. The second movie, it was a different crew of people and it kind of went off the rails. Even though it's still pretty scary in places, like it just breaks a lot of the rules of Nightmare on Elm Street. Do they? Well, I'm curious what the rules of Nightmare on Elm Street are. Well, the biggest rule is Freddy can appear in your dreams. That's what I was going to – the guy appears in your dreams? He's yeah. got that kind of like dreamwalker kind of powers? So that's the whole thing is you can't escape because eventually you will fall asleep. You can't stay up forever. Oh, like, so, Lord. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty scary. But like – and the deeper you sleep, the greater chance he has of killing you. So the longer you stay up <laughs> to avoid him, the greater chance it is you'll die when you finally fall asleep. Okay. So it's pretty great. Um, but in the second movie, he, they did this like possession story, which for some reason horror movie sequels always think, oh, in the second movie, somebody gets possessed. That's what should happen. Oh. So Freddy possesses this kid and then F- Freddy appears in real life to people at a pool party. And by horror movie standards, for kill counts, it's yeah. a great scene. Okay. But it breaks the cardinal rule of Nightmare on Elm Street, which is Freddy is in is real it, life. That's not fair. Like, right. he can't be doing that right now. Does, do they explain it all? Like, um, is there a narrative why he can get into people's dreams? Uh, in the first movie or no? They never really explain. They just say, like, basically, like, we figured out what's happening. Our parents killed this guy and now he's haunting us in our dreams to murder us. Oh, okay. And if you die in your dream, you die for real. So they don't ever really say – in the sixth movie, which was supposed to be the last one, in a really (laughs) desperate attempt for explanation, these three – which it was in 3D uh, in the theater. uh, Glove coming at you. Yeah, yeah. These three demon heads appear to him. Okay. That looked like they should be like in Labyrinth, like that Jim Henson movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and they're like, where are the – I forget. They're like, we're the dream demons, Freddy. Want to be powerful and oh. haunt people? And, and that's like kind of the best explanation you get. That oh, in the whole series, yeah. So. yeah. And then seven, does Wes Craven kind of put a button on it? What does he? Six, in my opinion, I own it. I will watch it. Sure. Roseanne's in it. 
How where how can you go wrong? Johnny Depp's in it for a minute. <laughs> oh like, my god! Because Johnny Depp made his film debut in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, did he? So he comes back in the final movie was in he, a small cameo. Was he a child that was almost killed, or was he a child he that is was killed. killed? Oh, he is killed. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert, guys. Yeah. From nineteen eighty four. He gets one of the best kills too. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, he's great. He's he's his could whole. Freddie, could we do a sketch where Freddie comes into some sort of Pirates of the Caribbean four and kills him again? That'd be awesome. Because <laughs> you want the pirates movies. I want them pirate movies to wrap. Well, up. they've already shown that if he dies in Pirates of the Caribbean, they just oh, have right. to go to a boring island yes. and they can bring him back. <laughs> apparently, true. That's horrifying. Yeah. there's a horror movie. <laughs> uh, so. So seven, so six was the final. And again, I own it. I'll watch it. I'll sure. get some enjoyment out of it. But it's a, it's pretty much a disgrace. It's, it's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgrace to the franchise. You guys. Yeah. They do a really, they didn't do, they just, it's the studio, in my opinion, fucked it up because I watched, there's a four hour documentary where they explain what they really wanted to do with all the movies. I love that you watched a four hour documentary. Four hours. Of talking to Wes, talking to who? Talking to everybody. Or anyone? It was like one of those, it was like, you know those books, the, like the SNL book where it's like the history told through interviews. Yes. It was like that except Nightmare on Elm Street and in visual form. And four hours. Of and it was, I was, you couldn't have pried me away from it. Because oh, that's awesome. What's it called? It's called Never Sleep Again. Okay. Yeah. And every, like every movie, they'd be like, this is what it was supposed to be. And then this is kind of what it became and whatever. Okay. So I found that fascinating, especially with the six movie, because there were so many cool ideas that got canned. Right. I think Guillermo del Toro wrote one of the first drafts, like before wow. anybody knew who Guillermo del Toro was. Right. Um, but I hope he put a down payment on something. Right. Draft right. Money. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 7 is just called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Wes Craven comes back to the series, and way ahead of its time, it's a series in which uh, uh, um, Nancy... Uh, uh, Pelosi. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy. Uh, um, God, I'm blanking on her name right now. The, the, um, the lady that plays Nancy in the first movie. Um, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just blanking on her name. Someone, Someone's yelling at their iPod. Don't yeah, I know. Me. I know her name. I'm just blanking. Yeah. Anyway... She plays herself in the movie. She plays an act. She plays herself. I'm an actor in Hollywood and I was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And the studios are trying to get her and Robert England, who plays himself in it, to do another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And. Oh, weird. She's like, I don't want to. Like, it's, it's, it's caused me a lot of like personal trauma and like all this weird stuff starts happening with her kid. And then. That's gutsy stuff. Wes Craven plays himself. Yeah. And then Wes Craven is like, he's like shaken up and he's like, you need to play Nancy one last time. And he's, she's like, why? <laughs> and he basically explains like this, this entity, fr, fr, there's an evil force behind Freddy. It's this, it's this demonic entity. Right. And it found its home in the film series and that contained it. And now that we stopped the film series, it's loose. And if you don't do the movie, it's we gotta the genie's kill it out of the, the bottle. Mo- yeah. So. Sure enough, Freddie comes into real life again for Nancy. Yep, and uh, and that's when he has the he looks different. He has like a trench coat, and the blades come out of his hands, and he's not funny at all. He's really scary. Oh wow! Um, I just got chills talking about it because like that when that came out. When did that come out? Like ninety four? That came out in the nineties. Okay, I guess I was in. I think I was a senior in high school or a freshman in college when it came right. out. But I mean, when that came out. You know, we had the the true fran- fans of the franchise, including my close, close friend James Pinkstone and I, uh, you know, had been long, long disappointed right. Right. many times. Right, right. You hope, you hope, you hope, and then and you shot down. Yeah, yeah. It became like a sort of, you know, a Niles and Daphne on Frasier thing where it's just like... <laughs> Just constant disappointment. <laughs> Is this ever going to happen? Right. You know? Just jump the shark and start. And and I just want to see him make out, and then and then the show can go away. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. So I understand it ruins shows, but just do it. I need you to make out those two actors. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when they announced New Nightmare, which we only knew about because of Fangoria magazine, because there you go. the internet wasn't as prevalent. Yeah. Uh, at that time, we. uh we were just like, what? Like we couldn't, 
I mean, imagine. West, West Craven back in. It's like, yeah, West Craven hasn't been around for four move, three or four movies. Yeah. He's coming back. He said he was never coming back. He's coming back. Yeah. Also, it's this weird new pseudo reality take. Also, Freddy's going to be scary again. Also, this is what Freddy looks like now. And he wow. looked awesome. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. It was I'm- like, it was like your favorite band getting back together. Right, right. It's, it, and, and then it worked. Like you must have yeah. been, were, were you, like, you know, when, when the new Star Wars came out, you're like, God, I'm going. Yeah. But I don't know. I, did, or did I knew. you know? You know, I going knew. in. I, it was- I, I, I saw all the prequels multiple times. Like I, you know, I don't really love Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Oh, no, no. I'm still Nightmare. Uh, did you, did you know when you oh, saw oh, the trailers that it was going to be great? When I saw the Nightmare trailers? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Force Awakens, sorry. Not, no, new, um, new Nightmare. New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I just was like. You were like, I'm not going to be disappointed. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And but I mean. I'm pretty sure this is not, this is going to be great. I guess my point is, is like, I mean, the trailers were solid and I thought it looked great, but the trailer also could have just been like, a still shot of Freddy for two minutes, and I probably still would have been like, "This is going to be awesome." Like, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much a fan, right? So you got to, you know, even when I talk about Nightmare on Elm Street Six, which again I think is a disgrace. Yes, I still own it and watch it, and right. I, I find the redeeming qualities. So it's sure. it's it's kind of how I feel about Phantom Menace. It's like I don't love it, but like there are moments that I get swept away, and I like it enough, and I'm like, "That's well, more Star Wars, whatever." Well, and you're and the thing is, is you're all I think exactly age appropriate to like those three prequels. It's yeah. um because it's hard with because I was 11 when the New Hope came out. Right. And so and and I watch New Hope now and I'm like, "Oh, I see what he's doing." And uh, <laughs> right, right. But it's just a cowboy movie in space, but I love Firefly. So I love Firefly. What am I what am I made of stone? Right. And so and Phantom Menace, I was Jar Jar was annoying, but uh, there are parts of Darth Maul was amazing. One of the episodes yeah. of the Dork Forest, by the way, is with a uh, comic named Joseph Scrimshaw. Do you know him at all? I don't all? know if I know him. He's very funny, but he his his enti- the entire episode was in defense of the prequels. I uh, uh, I have I have a bit about it. I have oh, a bit. Good. I have a bit that I do on stage called George Lucas is a genius. And, <laughs> all right. And it's- I'm waiting for him to uh, do a, a a new cut of American Graffiti. I'm really hoping he'll just recut, maybe put a pod racer in at the drive-in, <laughs> or just uh, just to kind of put in some more CGI. Some into, CG. Just CGI. I didn't feel like there were enough people at the diner, so we added a few hundred people. Uh, yeah. No, the Sklar brothers. Every time I do a show with them, they ask. They're like, "You got to do that Lucas bit." They're like, "On the sh- on the podcast?" Or no, 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 I'll oh, just do a show with them. Yeah. And and I said to them the last time I saw them, I go, "Guys, that bit is still alive because of you." Because I stopped doing it. Right. Because I was like, this is getting, this is becoming, um, it just didn't feel relevant to me anymore to keep saying it. Right, because it's 10 years old or But then they were like, what are you talking about? The Force Awakens. And I'm like, oh wait, you're right. Now I can totally do it again. Yep. So, uh, so I did it. I, I, but I, it's, it's all about, you know, George Lucas is amazing and excuse him if he didn't get lightning in a bottle two times in a row. You know what I mean? Like, right. All you, to be a genius, quite honestly, I've read this somewhere and I have internalized it. All you have to do is one time a genius. Then you are a genius. Right. Then if you're not a genius again, that's fine. And they just, dis- everybody just disregards the invented Indiana Jones. Like everybody's right. like, they just don't even count that. It's right. Like, no, it's, he invented Indiana Jones. Right. And and that was, you know, and obviously that was extrapolated off of those things. But he made up Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones is amazing. It, it makes me really mad because, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but uh, as they say. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I do, always do. I, I do. <laughs> I do say this in the bit, like, and I respect the man, but. I'm not a fan of James Cameron's movies. I don't think they're very good. Is that the Titanic guy? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he's done other work. Is that Terminator, Avatar? Terminator 2, Avatar. Oh, you didn't like Terminator or Terminator 2? I like Terminator. Yeah. I think Terminator 2, and I talk about this in the bit, when you rewatch it as a grown-up yep. and you're no longer completely swept away in seeing a liquid man for the first time. Liquid like once, robot. Yeah. Once you come to terms with that and you watch the movie again, sort of subjectively or, or objectively... Um, it's terrible. The acting's not good in it. Schwarzenegger's great. He's always great as mm-hmm. that character. Sure. All the other acting in it, more or less, is bad. The dialogue is bad. The movie ends. You got a problem with that little kid who's, who's, who's kind of, he's one of the most irritating children in, in Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like Eddie Furlong on a dirt bike, like, 
cranking Guns N' Roses and his foster parents being like, this kid will never listen. It's like he's meant to be a renegade. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, the leader of the resistance, you mean? Yeah. It's just it's just cheesy. Yeah. Nobody dies. Schwarzenegger doesn't kill anybody in the whole movie because right. he's good. Right. Barely anybody dies. It just sucks. And the only oh, cool part is Robert Patrick. And uh, it's like... Bad guy Terminator kills people. Yeah. I think he kills two people. He kills the foster parents. Yeah. He kills uh, a bunch of cops. Doesn't he kill a bunch of cops? I don't think he kills a bunch of cops. I think he kills the foster parents, and I think he kills... <laughs> you need some body... You need a body count is what you need. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I even need a body count. I'm just saying, like, for multiple reasons, this movie right. is not that great. It's not your... It, but Terminator 1 you liked. I like Terminator 1, and I think Terminator 3 is a solid movie, and people shit all over it. I like Terminator 3, actually. I thought Terminator 3 was great. I thought Terminator Salvation was terrible, far I, by far the worst of all of them. And then I, liked, I actually didn't mind Terminator Salvation. <laughs> I hated Salvation, but I liked Terminator Genesis a lot, because I thought they got back to the integrity of the series. I think I missed uh, – I don't think I've seen uh, Genesis yet. But I thought uh, Genesis was really great. Like okay. They got back to the whole concept of like, okay, time traveling and, and – Sarah Connor and John yeah. Connor and blah, 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 blah. So, um, but I mean, James Cameron, my point is, is people were like... Mas- they canonized, yeah. Yeah, they're masturbating over Avatar, how yeah. brilliant it was. Avatar was not a good movie. Well, it was, a, it was the same movie. It was the same movie we've seen a hundred times. It was pretty. It's, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, oh my God, I was so swept away. It's like, okay, so visually it was amazing because you had never seen a real D movie to that scope before. <laughs> right. But get past that. Watch it on a 2D television. Right. It's Bernie Sanders' campaign. I don't, I don't mean to <laughs> make a sweeping judgment, but yes, it's very pretty, but there's nothing there. Right. It's just, it's fine. Right. And, so, um, yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's just, um, but I, I, but, but anyway, I, but I, I did, I did like it. It was shiny pictures in a row, and I, right. and I, and, and it was pretty. And I like it when the good guys win. Of course, at the end of Avatar, I always think, oh well, then they're just gonna nuke you from space and mine all of your unobtainium or whatever. Uh, I mean, that's you're all just dead. unforgivable. By the way, the substance they're after is called unobtainium. <laughs> unobtainium. I mean, that's it's, it. Isn't great writing. I'm not gonna lie to you. But uh, when you look at all of like vibranium vibrates. Is, uh, is, uh, the, uh, vibranium is the stuff that Captain America's shield is made yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adamantium. Yeah. Uh, cause he is Adam. Cause he is, he is the first man who. Has, oh, I never even picked that up. Yeah, Wolverine's the first man. Okay. To, so he is Adamantium. And it's, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, but here's the thing. If you say vibranium or whatever, yeah. you know, it's a vibrating metal, so we call it vibranium. Like, that makes sense to me. It's precious, so it's called unobtained. I mean, that's that's absurd. You know, name that, it, give it a quality, and name it after the quality, and then just say, also, we can't find it anywhere. Did you know that Black Panther's entire uh, costume is made out of of uh, vibranium? Uh, I did know that. Oh, there I you go. I did know that. Good to know. Good yeah, to know. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you did uh, yeah. that. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> I feel like you really wanted to tell me that. I really did, and guess what? I got to. It was <laughs> good times for me. That's a minute. Uh, yes, excellent. Make a note. So that, right. That'll be the clip. Right. No, but uh, I wanted to ask you about other hell movies. Do you do, because yeah. your podcast, Joe DeRosa, by the way, it's at Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and whatnot, and Fangoria podcast uh, called "We'll See You in Hell." Yeah. Did you do that because a lot of the um, the movies you liked started in hell? No, no, no. I just thought because it's a great it's a great title. Thank you. I th- I like the expression "I'll see you in hell." I yes, just think it's always it's a great funny. line and in a movie. Great, yeah, yeah. It's- uh, and it's me and my friend Pat. So then I was like, "Oh, we'll see you in hell." Is kind of funny because <laughs> nobody ever says that. Right, like you're going together. Yeah, and then it's, it's a about movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's about movies. So I'm like, "Oh, that's right. interesting." So the so the the you know the avatar, whatever you call it, for the podcast the logo thing. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, it's a devil with with three D glasses on. Oh, nice! I have a friend of yeah. mine who has a um, who started a a food cart business, uh-huh. and uh, it was essentially it was bands teaching bands how to cook. That was it. Was his pitch for the Food Network? Right. It was like he was going to teach Axl Rose how to make eggs or something. Who right. knows what it was? But the logo was hilarious because it was a fork as uh, where two of the tines were bent down. Right. So it made the devil's horns. It was a great logo. <laughs> oh, that's great. Wait, I've seen that. I, it might have got hacked or it might have been parallel thinking. No, but, no, I'm uh, saying I've seen, I think I've seen your friend's thing. The, the logo? Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, it didn't get picked up, but it was a great idea. And But it's been around for like 10, 12 years. So his thought, name's Travis Randall. Does, does he still have the truck? 
Did you uh, say he had a truck? He doesn't have a truck. Did I just hear. I'm sorry. Heard the word truck. He's a friend of Greg Barrett's, and um, so where would I have seen this though? You might have seen it uh, just on the internet, probably, because he he posts, and then and, and plus like if I, he hangs out with Greg Barrett, there's t-shirts. And yeah, stuff, I so. feel like I've seen his thing, not mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. else doing his thing. Well. I've, I've definitely derailed us. Think, uh, well, no, it's fine. Do you want to talk about Star Wars? Or do you want to talk about... T- what toys do you like? You, okay, so here's what happened. Joe DeRosa sent me a glorious list of dorkdoms. Because <laughs> it's what I like. I like at least five things. Right. Even though we've already spent half an hour talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, that's... I mean, I'm glad... Uh I'm glad to talk about horror movies. I think people don't dork out enough about it. And, uh, you know, I have a short... Are there fiction new good column ones? coming out? Horror fiction? Oh yeah, with Fang- on Fangoria's on website. So you know, I just like that stuff. I think it's great. I think it's so fun. And is there is there new? Do you read horror at all, or do you read any of the? I, yeah, I read a little. I read like, a little bit of uh, the like stuff. Stephen I, King. Yeah, when I do read, I usually read horror or f- dark fantasy anthology Dean stuff. Koontz? Uh I read one of his. Read a lot of Dean Koontz. I read a lot, a good amount of Stephen King. Uh, I'll read, um, uh, 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 what's his face? Um, oh my God, my brain is just mush today. Do you want more coffee? Uh, sure. I mean, why not? But, uh, the guy, the. Talk amongst yourselves. The guy from, uh, they made the documentary about him where he punches people in the face when he, they say they don't like his work. <laughs> the guy, Harlan Ellison, that's his name. God. Jesus. So I read uh, Arlen Ellison and you know stuff like that, you know, a lot of a lot of horror comics. Uh and then I watch a ton of horror and you know, um but I, I try to buy books of like I said horror anthology, short story, sci-fi, dark sci-fi, short, short story stuff. Yeah, I, I like short fiction. I don't really like that's why I haven't really read a lot of Dean Kuhn stuff cuz I think he's mostly a novels yeah. Guy, but I'm just a fan of short fiction. Harlan Ellison, you know, I, I like him because he wrote almost, I think, exclusively short fiction. I don't think he ever wrote a full novel. So I like I'm that. I'm pretty sure he just wrote that one episode of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he loves writing for TV, if you listen to an interview. Have you ever? <laughs> I think he loves the checks. He's, no, he, he doesn't attention. love it. I'm joking. Oh, does like, he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he is a grumpy Magoo, that guy. I love him so much. Oh, really? Uh, in the documentary, he's crossing the street, I think illegally, and somebody honks at him. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah, it's a fucking horn, you douchebag. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this guy. I want to be like this. Do you know Alan Moore? You- uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Of- I don't know him. I'm no, a no, fan of him. No, but you know of, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think of Alan Moore as the rich man's Harlan Ellison. Yeah. I love Alan Moore better than Harlan Ellison. I, you know, Harlan Ellison is he's undeniably he's done what he's done. So I, I love uh, I love Alan Moore. Um, I love uh, I love a lot of the in comic books. I wouldn't say he's a horror guy, but I, you know, Frank Miller and Alan yeah. Moore were the were really two the two big guys. Yeah, uh, from the nineties, I think. Yeah, right? um, but I'm just dark I'm gritty comic. I'm, I'm I'm like the last ten, twelve years of comic books. So, well, I mean, my hats off to Zack Snyder. I loved Batman versus Superman. I got terrible oh, reviews. I loved it, and I thought they finally got that Frank Miller grit into a Batman movie, which it was long overdue. So. Uh, I thought it was great. Anyway. Other people, yeah, some people liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, I haven't seen it because I don't really care about Batman or Superman, sadly. But yeah, I love them both. It's, uh, but I, because I'm more Captain America, Iron Man person. So, but it's, I hated Civil War so much. You didn't like Civil War? No, I didn't like it. I'm not trying to start any controversy here with you. Throwing down safe space. You get to not like I'm it. Ju- I get to like it. I'm it's just a- tired of it. It's just the same old crap over and over again with Marvel. It's all, they hit all the bells and whistles in every movie. Mm-hmm. And I, quite frankly, I felt like they stole a lot from the DC Batman mythology stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Iron Man, but Iron Man is supposed to be a direct ripoff of, Bat- of Batman. Well, that's fine. I, I I don't have a problem with Iron Man being a rich man that's fighting the good fight or whatever. Yeah. Or who's a little crazy or whatever. Since when was Bat, was Iron Man obsessed with the death of his parents to the point oh. where the entire story hinges on it and he has, he loses all rationale and logic right. because of it. It's like, it's just, that's one of the things I don't like about Batman. Cause I'm like, I don't know if you've ever lost your parents, but who gives a shit? Parents die and then you move on. Well, yeah, like, but his were murdered in front of him when he was 10. 
Right. I was seven and my mother flew off an overpass and got run over by cars. Really? Yeah. It was a disappointment to Holy everyone shit. except for uh, all of us who enjoyed eating uh, because <laughs> the next day there was bread and milk in the fridge. Anyway, uh, no offense, Anne Ryan, but uh, she wasn't oh, great. Boy. She wasn't great. <laughs> wow. But the thing is, is, so when your mom dies when you're seven, you're like, and then nobody talks about her. I mean, that was the creepiest thing about my mom dying when she was seven, is that absolutely no one mentioned her again. Wait, your mom died when she was seven? When I was seven. When you were seven. Yeah. Oh, and then, and oh wait, then, duh. Then she wouldn't be your mom. She, no, was, seven. she was incredibly, she was precocious. <laughs> <laughs> and a hottie, you guys. <laughs> but, um, but the weird, the weird, the weird thing is, is it's, it's, it makes me less than sympathetic for Batman, where right. I'm just like, yeah, get, I'm sure you have a, a gajillion. Somebody made the best point ever. I think I, I forget who it might have been Dan Saint Germain. Somebody sitting where you're sitting just now, sure. and sa- it wasn't Dan Saint Germain, but said, you know, Batman could have changed the world, or Bruce Wayne could have if he would have opened two factories in that town. That's true. If he would have just employed everybody oh, that's that worked a great for the Joker. Bit. That is such a great bit. Yeah. Oh my God, who's it, it's somebody's... Dash Kwiatkowski. That's it. He's I a, hope he does that on stage. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, Dash, get out there. I hope you. I believe he is, but I don't know that he is. God, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's right under your nose too. That's one of those jokes where if I heard it, I'd be like. How did I not think of that? <laughs> right, right. God damn it. Right. Um, that's great. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, but anyway, I, 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 what were we talking about? Oh, I the, don't know. the, I was the writers. To ask about toys or toys know. and writers. Richard Matheson's another writer I really like. Okay. Richard Matheson did a lot of great short, short stories as dark well. Dark fiction. Yeah. And it's, cause I, I don't read any short fiction and I wish I did. Um, it's, uh, it's, because it's, I mean, I guess I do. I read comic books and those are 20 minute reads, but, they're, they're not, I, I would like to read short stories because there's amazing work being done in that form. I, it's know? all, I, in, as far as the printed word goes. Yeah, like prose. Yeah, it's all I like to read. Once in a while, a novel, I, I can, t- I, well. Nonfiction? No, never nonfiction. Always you, fiction and always hard. Though, or, um, eh. No, me neither. I don't, oh, shit. I, wish. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, then the stories are crazy and it's like, I'll watch the interview and hear the story. It's <laughs> right. like, I don't. And I don't even know if I believe the stories half the time. Usually, it's always horror for me. Like, it's the last novel I read was The Exorcist. I I loved the movie. I'd never read the Who novel. Who wrote the book? Uh, William Peter Blatty. Okay. And did he write it in the 60s or? He wrote it in the 50s? 70s, I believe. 70s. And then they made the movie in the <clears throat> 70s. Yeah, and the, the movie is alarmingly close to the book. Like, I thought the book was going to... I mean, it's got a lot of details in it that aren't in the movie just because right. of time. But yeah. William Freakin did a really good job adapting. Just hit that. the beats and and all the. He hit everything that needed to be hit, that's and like, great. and he put every graphic. There was one graphic scene that was in the book that's not in the movie, and it's not even as bad as the stuff they put in the movie. So right, right. Really... The, the movie was creepy. One of my brothers told yeah. me that uh, he went and saw it when it first came out, which I think was in '74 or something like that. And uh, I remember he was probably. <laughs> If, yeah, he he had to be like 15. He came back and he said that the girl that he went to the movies with uh had to be exercised afterwards, that she had a seizure in the <laughs> middle of the movie. And I was like, you're full of shit, Scott Cation. And, yeah. he, and I was nine. Yeah, so, that's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, people think like, by the way, that, that's like those kinds of rumors would spread and people would be like, you know, you can get possessed if you watch a movie like The that. Ring or the, what was, yeah. is The Ring the one where you, where you watch the, you watch and the then video, you have a day? And you die eight days later yeah, or, or something. something like that. Yeah, it, somehow there's the, a Japanese version of it or. The ring always bothered me because it was always like, so let me get this straight. The the diabolical demon yep. has kept up on tech, the latest technology and was like, videotape. That's the way I need to go right now. Right. Until and- these DVDs catch on. <laughs> right. And yeah. are we going to go with beta or VHS? Yeah. Beta. Did the demon sit there waiting to fig- figure out which one porn chose? Yeah. Uh, much like Blu-ray or HD. Blu-ray <laughs> or HD. Right. That's my tap out on any horror movie. When oh, they yeah? when they do something where the demon somehow is utilizing technology or it's like I'm just like, no, sorry, I'm well, not buying it. You know, there's there's two different VRs coming out now, virtual reality. There's yeah. Oculus and there's yeah. VR. I just want to know which one the porn industry is going to get into, and then I can invest uh <laughs> and then, I, then I'll know who to invest yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would guess Oculus. Yeah? Well, PlayStation VR, I doubt they're gonna let porn on the PlayStation. 
Well, you know, uh, PlayStation went with Blu-ray because of the porn industry. Oh, they did. Yeah, she- Andy worked at PlayStation when that when that big decision came. Really? Yeah, it wasn't oh, okay. it wasn't official. They were like, "Oh, good, Debbie does Dallas is being re released on right. not on HD but on Blu-ray." Right. But they but, went with Blu-ray. But they won't. I don't think they would ever. No, no, they're not. They're not putting it on there. Right. Exactly. Everybody has their own device. Right. <laughs> they don't need to use your PS. I guess you'll buy VR discs though. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking that's all streaming stuff, but it's not. Um. Because they're helmets, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it because I'm playing the new Doom right now, and I, it's amazing. It's an amazing game. But I is could, it the same guy, Roger, whatever? I think it's the same. I don't know. Okay. It's, yeah. Uh, every all the reviews I read are like, "This is classic Doom." Oh, good. Um, that 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 but, ate uh, up about a year and a half of my life. Both of the, the Doom <laughs> and the Doom Two. Yeah, I get dizzy playing it though. Oh, because of the graphics. I always get dizzy during first-person shooters. Like, after a while, the running around and, like, the... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I just get dizzy, and and I'm just like, VR is going to make me sick. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah, well, I, I think you put 14, 16 hours in. Uh, I think you'll be fine. You'll just you'll get used to it, and then yeah. you won't be able to deal with outside. Matt Weinhold used to have one of the greatest jokes in the 90s. He didn't have a computer. Uh-huh. And all of his friends were like, you don't have a computer? They're so great, man. He was like, have you been outside? The graphics <laughs> are great. And, <laughs> That's uh, funny. <laughs> so, That's funny. But uh, um, the, yeah, it's... I love Doom to the point where I actually, when I finally beat that first, the final level where I where I sunk a wombat into the in, into the exhaust. Right. Remember they end that final. No. It was in the first Doom. Okay. And, or do, it might have been Doom too, but uh, you had to you had to like lob a you had to lob a fireball that went into the and then blew up the Death Star. Oh, that's it was, cool. It was essentially that. And uh, I called Patton Oswalt at two in the morning. Hey, man, I won. Left a message on his home voicemail. <laughs> And, uh, which by the way, he emailed me back the next day. Thanks. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember talking to Patton about video games, like, you know, not even like during Xbox 360, like, oh, right, you know, back so in the, last, yeah, last yeah. gen or whatever. And telling him about how good the Star Wars Force Awake, Force Unleashed games were. And, right. um, he was just like, you know, man, I got rid of my console. I don't have one. He's like, I just wouldn't get anything done. And yeah. da-da. and uh, I'm, I often wonder, like, maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have just got rid of oh, stuff. Oh, I can't. The reason there's this uh, thing is in front of this bookcase behind me uh-huh. is because that's where all the consoles are. <laughs> it's I can't turn them on. Otherwise, I'd never turn them off. Do you? So you get really – see, I, I play – I don't play – I'm like, I'm not constant. I play a little bit and I go, all right, I'm good. And and now I haven't played in 10 years. So I don't even know, like I would have to relearn the joystick. I mean, I'd I'd have to relearn the handheld and and everything. So, and we only have a PS3. So yeah, I go for about an hour. Oh, that's not bad. You know, you know what? If you can do it in moderation, same with pot, same with heroin, you guys in moderation. (laughs) And uh, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But I do play, like I play mobile games. Right. Uh, a fair, a fair bit. And I, essentially, I'm playing some murder mystery, hidden object bullshit. Yeah. Written, written by this team of what are clearly emo bro-y dudes in Paris. Okay. And, uh, cause I looked up where the studio was out of. It's uh-huh. called Criminal Case. Okay. I've been playing it for four years. I've okay. given them dime none. Really? Cause it's a freemium kind of game, right? So it has in-game purchasing. Okay. And I've given them no money. I wish I could just send them $65 because we're four years in I'm st- and there's new levels every month. And you're making it without relying on the in-app purchases. Yes. And if you – I mean here's what Andy told me because he makes those games. He makes uh, games for uh, iPads and, and right. iPhones and, and whatever. Android. <clears throat> and he said as soon as you spend the first dime, the algorithm changes and it becomes harder. Oh, really? Yeah. The oh, game bastards. becomes – The bastards. It's They're just like, oh, now – oh. We have your credit card number. Well, yeah, and I feel like a lot of those pay and play games now to make it, they just make it so you get to a point where it's like, you're paying or you're not continuing. That's it. I mean, that's, and it and really that's bothers me. Like, right. that's what Angry Birds 2 was like that, and it could have been such a fun, great game, and I was just like, screw you guys. Yeah, man. you got a bail. Like, I, 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 I got really pissed off. I would rather have given them $65 to play that game that I've been playing for free. Right. You just, it's one of those games that times out and then your energy reloads. 
And they also, there's a glitch in it. So if you use different devices, you get 110 energy points. So on oh, my, cool. my desktop, I have 110 energy points. My phone, I got 110 energy points. Right. My iPad. I could play it. I could, so that's, uh, that's five games per device. Yeah. It's 15 games. So you get to the next level. It Easily. times out, then you go to the computer and yeah. keep going. Yeah. I got you. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like all that kind of stuff. I, I like, you know, you mentioned toys earlier. It's one yeah. of the things I put in the email. I buy, I buy you, vintage what? toys. Oh, collectibles. Not co- I, I you collect them. I collect them. I, I buy toys based uh, only action figures and it's based strictly on does this look cool to me or not? Is it, uh, do you like, um, articulation, which is, I believe, the posableness or do you like more of a statue kind of situation? No, nah, I don't like the statues. Okay. Um, but I also don't, no, not the posables. I like like the classic. 80s oh, Star older. Wars action figures. Oh, there you go. The old so it's just He-Man a, figures. Oh, really? Um, oh, any action figures of monsters that I can find. Um, just stuff like that. Okay, so um, <clears throat> so they aren't superposable. You can stand them, but that's I just about stand it. them up. Yeah, yeah, and I just have a shelf in my house that yeah. has a bunch of. I'm not like. Matt uh, you, yeah, you mentioned Matt earlier. I mean, it's like you can't be like no one can. His house is crazy. Like yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like it's wonderful. He loves it. His wife yeah. is on board. So it's top to bottom collectibles. I've never yeah. seen anything like it in my life. It's beautiful. I tried to do a a, a dork forest like uh, video episode thing and uh, screwed up the sound, so we didn't do it. But we ended up having because he has all of the Star Wars the Star Trek characters, right? And so you could create that scene where um Spock and Kirk are fighting, done, right. done, you know, yeah, yeah. with the song. Yeah. And so we did that, but the sound didn't. It would have been <laughs> would have been a great episode, you guys. It was it was when I thought the Dork Forest might be a TV show. That's my so. favorite part in the cable guy. Oh yeah? Is when Jim Carrey <laughs> redoes the Spock. Oh, yeah. And it's like the genius of Jim Carrey, like why that guy is so funny is like when he starts mimicking the music mm-hmm. and he's, it's just so funny. I'm like, that's such an awesome choice, like for the character, for yeah. the comedy, like everything. He, the guy is genuinely, he's just made of silly. So when he comes up with something that is perfect for an event or a, or a moment, it is unstoppably <clears throat> funny. Yeah. And so. It's it's sort of one of those situations where you have to find the right role for him, I think. Right. And so when when uh, when he tried to do serious stuff, it didn't go. Even though if it could have been written correctly, they could have used the silly to lighten, like more Steve Carell. You know. Yeah, yeah. Although, did you ever see the Way Way Back? I never did. I like that movie a lot. Sam Rockwell, who's okay. possibly Amazing. my favorite working actor. Interesting. Uh, more uh, than Dennis Quaid. I love Dennis Quaid. Was that a cheap shot at Dennis Quaid? No, I love Dennis Quaid. Oh, oh yeah. No, I really love Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And uh so I watched that movie because of Sam Rockwell, and I didn't even know that Steve Carell was in it. And he plays a real prick in it, and it's weird. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's he nails it, but, like, right. it's weird. He plays, like, a real, like, sort of chauvinistic, like, douchey suburban dad. Yeah. And it's it's it's... I, you know, after I watched Foxcatcher yeah. with him, which again, he was great in that, I had to watch Burt Wonderstone immediately after because I was like, I don't like my Steve, I got to cleanse my Steve Carell palate. Like, <laughs> I need, I want to think of him in a nice way. Right. Not in the, cre- the creepiest but, way imaginable. I I think he's as, quite honestly, and this is a weird comparison, but I, I watch Michael Douglas movies. Right. And Michael Douglas is almost, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man, but he looks like an empty vessel that you pour a script into, and then that guy comes out of it. Right. Like, I watched, if you watch him in Wall Street, and then you watch him in Romancing the Stone. Right. And then you watch him in The American President, and then you watch him in Ant-Man. I mean, those are enormously different roles. And they're different guys. They're different men. Right. (laughs) So, and he just embodies it. And I think Steve Carell can do that, which is why some of the early movies, like when you watch Get Smart, he's he's almost in a different movie than the other people. Right. (laughs) It's it's. Did you ever watch uh, The Devil Wears Prada? Is that the Meryl Streep? Uh, uh, I've seen parts of it. Well, it's an Meryl Streep is in an entirely different film. 
than the romantic comedy that is happening right. with the Princess Diary Lady. Uh, who yeah, has Anne a, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. who has a name. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's, that's the funny thing to me is when, when, um, uh, Meryl Streep got nominated for that movie, I was like, that's weird. That just looked like a fun, <laughs> Romantic comedy. Yeah, like I, I was like, people don't get nominated for those kinds of movies, and then like you see parts of it, and you're like, oh Jesus Christ, she's like taking this to the yeah. To the it's street. an entirely different film. It's a film about a woman, a middle aged woman, going through a crisis, and then Anne right. Hathaway is uh, having some trouble with her chef boyfriend, and it's adorable. <laughs> Yeah. And she wears frumpy clothes. And then when she doesn't, uh, it turns out she's super good looking. Right. Yeah. And, and then Adrian Grenier is the guy. Right. That's being like, please love me. Please love me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you ever see high, F- now we're just in movies. So, uh, <laughs> sure. high fidelity? You know, I never saw high fidelity. Is John that the one with John Cusack? Yeah. I never saw it. It's essentially, it's a story of a man who has everything who's sad. Right. And, He's like, I have my own record store and three amazingly good-looking women who are into me. Right. And God, I wish I could figure out what I want to do with my life. I've always heard that. <laughs> I've always heard the book of High Fidelity is much better. Like that. I heard the book's amazing. Yeah, that the movie didn't really do it justice. But I love John Cusack so much. So in almost anything. Yeah. It's, I love the movie, but I I remember sitting there watching it, going, okay, but you have look at look. Slow down. Look yeah. around you for just a heartbeat. Yeah. Essentially, I think of like Paul Rudd as the new John Cusack because I'll watch anything with Paul Rudd in it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to Paul Giamatti. I don't want to watch anything with Paul Why? Giamatti. Why? Uh, mostly because of that wine movie he made. Uh, and that wasn't <laughs> Sideways. Him. That's, yeah, that's not his fault. <laughs> no, that's uh, not his fault. That's not I his like fault. Sideways. You didn't like Sideways? Uh, Sideways was essentially the, the journey of two tool bags and, uh, and how they are just going to uh, tap anything that's around. So uh, it wasn't fun for well, me. Well, Giamatti wasn't trying to tap anything. Giamatti was like but yelling it, at his friend for having sex with everybody. Right. But it was just like, but, and, but also weirdly jealous. And it was yeah, such that's a, a good weird, point. it was a weird movie for me. It is a, it is a, and it's an interesting film. It's uh but I love, I love Paul Giamatti so much. And, uh, what's he but, been in recently that I, I, I talk about a He was just cleanser. in Straight Outta Compton and Love and Mercy. Okay. And in both movies, he, in Straight Outta Compton, he plays Jerry Heller, who, you know, is the man that got demonized for ruining NWA. And in Love and Mercy, he plays the guy that got demonized for ruining Brian Wilson. <laughs> so somebody had the greatest tweet. I forget who had it, but somebody beat everybody to it. Like, yeah. what I learned from movies this summer, never let Paul Giamatti manage your band or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so perfect. That is perfect. Because he, he's a little more sympathetic and shredded a Compton, but, okay. uh, you know, you, you kind of feel like he might have had, some good intention somewhere. Right. But in Love and Mercy, you're just like, oh my God, you're the worst human being that's ever lived. <laughs> like. Right. He's hard. He like, and he start, it's, he's so great. It's starting out as like the nice guy. And then like when it turns, it fucking turns so hard and Which it's is, really scary. And he's incredibly good at it. <clears throat> yeah. He, he could play a complex character, like a real person who makes good decisions and bad decisions and you feel like that's a whole guy in there. Yeah. Like the, his acting is another one of those actings where you're actings. It's, <laughs> it's one of those actings that yeah. it makes you see. I like, like actings. Actings. Yeah. I like it when people do a good actings. I'm doing the act actings diet. I do. <laughs> right now. Right. Where you only eat scripts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well played. And uh, uh, there you go. The, uh, yeah, no, but it's, uh, he's, He's, um, you know, him is a uh, 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 pig vomit in the Howard Stern movie. Wow. I mean, talk about a guy like coming in in the eleventh hour of the movie and stealing the show. I mean, wow. That that, that was a hard. That was that was the peak. You know, Stern is obviously still very big and yeah. very relevant, but like that was like peak Stern. Yeah. Howard Stern's coming out with a movie, everybody. Remember his best-selling book from like a month ago? Remember well, how he saved a uh, pay pay for radio? Yeah. yeah. It's like he's coming out with a movie now. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you go and you see it and you're going nuts because it's the Howard Stern movie. And then Giamatti comes in as the enemy. Yeah. Boss. And just fucking <laughs> steals it. And that's not against what anybody else did in the movie. No. But like – He's so funny in it. It's like he should have got an Oscar nomination for that part. Yeah. It was like some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. 
Wow. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No, no. You have mentioned at least 13 movies that sound like they're full of tension. It's, um, <laughs> he plays a stiff NBC boss. Okay. Who is driven over the edge by Howard Stern's <laughs> antics. So you can okay. imagine it's just yeah. scene after scene. It's Diam- it's Giamatti devolving and having a nervous breakdown. Right. Because he can't, he can't rein the guy in he because he's too popular. Yeah. And he's really arrogant and he thinks he can do it and he can't do it. Right. And the more he tries to do it, the more Stern fucks with him and yeah. does things to make his life hard. And the more Stern does that, the crazier he gets. But there's a part, Bill Byrne, I always talk about the, we always say it to each other. He brings them into the office. He brings in like Howard and Ron and, every, yeah. or Howard and Robin and everybody and Fred and, he just lines them up, and he's so mad about this bit they did on the radio. Yeah. And Paul Giamatti just starts pacing back and forth, <laughs> and he just goes, oh, you goddamn motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, you sons of bitch bastards. And it's so funny. He's so he's so angry. He's so angry. And it's How do you go home and turn that off, you know? I mean – it's kind of it's got to be cathartic. Yeah, that's one of the things about acting that I that I love the idea of playing just that. You finally get to be that angry. Yeah, and you finally get to be that crazy. Yeah, yeah. You should watch that for Tour de Force, and then also watch the movie Safe Man if yeah. you've never seen it with because that's Sam Rockwell and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Ooh, a twofer. That movie introduced me to four people. Yeah, five people. Excuse me. Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, Steve Zahn, Mark Ruffalo, and Michael Lerner. Okay. And it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh, really? And you talk about five guys independently of one another hitting grand slams in like vastly different roles in the movie. Is it is it a heist movie or something? It's about... It's the guy that did, uh, I forget his name, but the guy that did Meet the Parents. Okay. And whatever, like, it's his first movie. It's his first feature length. Okay. And Sam Rockwell and Steve Zahn play two aspiring lounge singers. Not <laughs> lounge singers, but like, they want to be like, they want to be like wedding singer guys, okay. like party guys. And they're terrible. And they suck. And they get mistaken in a dive bar by Paul Giamatti as two safe men. Okay. Paul Giamatti's in this bar. These two safe crackers always go to this bar. Yep. They always drink the same drink. He goes in. He thinks it's these two guys. They smell an opportunity for easy money, so they just pretend that they're the guys. <laughs> Even though and, they don't know how to open Yeah, exactly. Safes. And then they get roped into this thing. <laughs> and Michael Lerner plays this Jewish gangster in Rhode Island named Big Fat Bernie Gale. Yeah. So that's a great scene when they first see they first see him. Sam Rockwell goes, oh, my God, Big Fat Bernie Gale. And Mike, <laughs> Michael Lerner goes, I appreciate you not saying the big fat part. (laughs) (laughs) But Paul Giamatti plays his intern and he's, he's out of, he's just out of control. Rockwell is out of control. Mike, Mark Ruffalo plays this guy that just got dumped by, uh, Sam Rockwell's love interest. Okay. And he's just, he's just lurking, moping around. Yeah. He's just trying to get her back through the whole movie. There's a scene where he stands on, her lawn, like, say anything oh with the boom God. box, and he plays Baby Come Back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just wow. a fucking sap through the whole movie. Like, what, it's what an year amazing is that? movie. Like, 10 years ago, maybe? It's probably like 2000. Okay, 15. But I saw that and I was like, holy shit. Who the hell are these people? And yeah. I knew Steve Zahn and Michael Lerner were, but I was like, wait a minute, that's the, that's the pig vomit. Yeah. From Stern. And wait, this is that Sam Rockwell guy everybody yeah. keeps talking about. And, Oh my god! I never knew Michael Lerner and Steve Zahn were this funny. I just kind of knew who they were. Yeah, you know. And then I was like, "Who's this guy with the boombox?" Wow, the bo- <laughs> who went on to win Oscars or whatever, you know? Right, right. And and to find um, and to find a boombox in two thousand. Good for you, sir. And, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that is hilarious. You know what? Yeah, you got to see it. It's such a it's such a great movie, and it's so fun and like. Yeah, oh, and I, Peter Dinklage is in it too. It's what? the first movie I ever saw Peter Dinklage in. All right. Well, I'm. You know what? 
I'll, I will check and see if that's on, on Netflix because that's hilarious. It's not. It's not. But you could buy but, it for cheap. But here's the other thing. We get discs from Netflix because I, oh, well, I then, thought I would like $10 a month on fire. Right. So for something we never watch. Well, you can get it that way or you could just buy it <laughs> and, and own your away. own Blu-ray for or $3 or right, something. Right. Um, or Amazon Prime yeah, it or some yeah, damn thing. Yeah, yeah. So And Harvey Firestein's in it too. What? Yeah. Holy – I mean this, this is like a who's who of whatever. Yeah. I think Hollywood is what I'm thinking of, not yeah. just whatever. Yeah, so he's uh, he's great. Harvey Firestein's hilarious. You know, my, you know, one of my favorite movies is my Midnight Run. I love Midnight Run. It's a, my favorite buddy movie of all time. I just tweeted about it, and I was happy to see that you liked the tweet. Oh, there you go. Uh, was, that was, I'm always flattered when a friend who I think is funny likes a tweet. A tweet of yours. By the way, I am uh, on Twitter. It's at Joe DeRosa Comedy. No, uh, I a, wasn't saying that for a plug. But. Not at all, but uh, it's always a good idea because we're at like 56 minutes. So, okay. So, and you have that Fangoria pod, which is we'll see you in hell. Yeah. My favorite, I like uh, when in the dark forest where we go from something as intense as the, the horror of nightmare of whatever. Right. And then to... A great like ensemble cast, uh, and then I find a new movie to watch. Cause Safe Safe Man actually sounds like a like a movie that that I that isn't like I don't like scary movies. And I and no, and, it's the least scary yeah. movie ever. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the least. And even scary though it's movie like ever. gangsters, yeah. it's 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 cartoonish enough that it's funny, and you don't you're not scared that anybody's going to get like, killed. Right. Midnight Run, you're like. I think they might die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, and like, I love Midnight Run. It's and awesome, I, I never had any problem with Midnight Run, but like, do you ever see Miller's Crossing? Yeah. That movie reminds me of what the mob is actually like. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Goodfellas is like sort of a lighter version of that, but you're yeah. like, oh, he could kill anybody at any time. And there are weirdly funny scenes in Miller's Crossing. Yes. That part where I forget the guy's name. He's, he pops up in all the Coen Brothers movies. He's the guy that's like in Big Lebowski. Okay. You and your special lady friend. I'm a fellow dick. I'm a PI. You know, that guy. Okay. He plays the gangster. Yeah. Boss, whatever. But he does that thing where he keeps like slapping his kid and then he'll go, oh, sweetheart. Yeah. Come here. And he hugs the kid when he it's cries. creepy, it's weird. so weird. Hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, yeah, the, um, did you, uh, I have a theory. There's a scene in Midnight Run where the, when they're on the bus, which is my favorite sequence. Oh, that's so funny. I think that they're riffing that whole scene. Oh, that it's not written. I think it starts and ends written. Yeah. But I think that when they show that bus sequence. It cho- they chop it into three yeah. parts. The middle part, I think. I th- I think that that does seem like improv only because like oh, I did. I thought you were putting the cigarette out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Charles Gordon goes. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to put it out. And <laughs> nice then impression. De Niro starts laughing. Yeah. And he goes, and, and De Niro's such an amazing actor that he turns the laugh into him going, this fucking guy's unbelievable. Yeah. Like he somehow yeah. averts, diverts from the blooper. Yes. And like makes it work somehow. Yes. And I'm like, they're riffing this scene. That, like it, it does not feel written. And it's, for me, that's the last time De Niro was funny. Cause I hate it when De Niro tries to be funny. I'm not a huge fan of him trying to be funny. I'm trying to think of, it's I, like Meet the Fockers and the whole. I like the first Meet the Parents. I, the sequels I didn't. Well, I like the second one because it had Dustin Hoffman and and uh, 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 the most famous lady of all time, Helen uh, Mirren. No, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Jesus, God. <laughs> Me, I'll just say I'll, I'll just say names. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, since then he's been in a lot of comedies and. I don't, it's, I there's there's trouble. It's a I I like. I don't know what I want him to play, but I want him to either accidentally play comedy or it to be better written. One of those two things. Where is why is Charles Grodin on every movie still? I don't know, but uh, but him and Gene Hackman. I mean, maybe uh, it, Gene Hackman retired, of yeah. course, and uh, Dabney Coleman, the poor man's Gene Hackman. I love Dabney Coleman. Us. I want. Yeah. My friend Pat and I. I said I want to do a movie with Gene Hackman, or excuse me, with uh, Dabney Dabney Coleman. Howard Hessman. Yes. Uh, who's the other guy? It was like four of those guys. Like, right. And he was like, but nobody would. He's like, I love all those guys, but that's yeah. not. A, you're not going to draw at the box office with those four guys. Sure, yeah. And he, uh, all four of them make one superstar. Well, the two of those two guys would make one. Superstar. I wanted to do the movie where it was them. I, who the hell were the other? Wait a second. It was Howard Hessman, Dabney Coleman. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> The point oh, is, fair. is I came up with something where there was an old age home. Yep. 
for mobsters that are becoming that are getting Alzheimer's and stuff, yep. and they're like, we can't have these guys loose, oh, right? Because they'll just talk. They're going to start leaking all these yeah. secrets, these government, you know, witness yeah. protection secrets. So they put them in this one home where it's yep. all these mobsters that are just kind of letting loose and oh, everything. That's awesome. It's cocoon, but with the mob right. bosses. But then you get. A young guy like a Ben Stiller who poses as a, a – who's a reporter who poses as like an orderly to get in and get the stories. Get the stories. So then there you got your young guy draw in there sure. and then you got your awesome yeah, yeah. expendables of here's, here's older my, men. Right. It's red. It's uh, <laughs> retired, extremely dangerous, yeah, but in, yeah. a, in a home. The uh, My idea was uh, me and like I don't care, Wanda Sykes, Queen Latifah, uh, both work at Target. I'm in. And, uh, and then either bank robbers or terrorists, uh, crash into Target right at closing time. Uh-huh. And we home alone, uh, bring them down. I love it. Who doesn't want, who does, and then at one point I wanted to have an air gun and I want to say, this looks like a hard target. And then I want to call it hard target. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we just home alone it. I love with, it. Like frisbees and we, we MacGyver some stuff and we I bring down it. the bad guys. And, and this uh, is why you're smart is you put yourself in your idea. Whereas I'm like, I have an idea for five men I've never met in my life. Right. I don't understand how you don't get to play Ben Stiller's part. Because uh, uh, I also am not a draw. <laughs> I'm less of a draw than Dabney Coleman or More whatever. likely it's going to get made oh, with the five of you. Craig T. Nelson was the third guy. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, he was the third guy. It was four of those like dad guys from yeah. the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could remember the fourth guy. Damn it. It's so sad that you can't. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an hour. Feel free to email me, Jackie at Jackie Cation, to the fourth guy Joe DeRosa's talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh, find him on Twitter and ask him when he remembers. So it's uh, feel, listen to his podcast. We'll see, we'll see you in hell on Fangoria Podcast Network and at Joe DeRosa Comedy. And thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. Bye-bye. And you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?